Welcome to Swing Theory Golf, the ultimate podcast for the golf enthusiast. I'm your host, Tim McElvana, PGA professional, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Sean Claudes, a seasoned PGA professional, as well as over 20 years experience in the golf industry. Join us as we delve into the world of golf, covering everything from swing tips to top-notch golf destinations. We will discuss the greatest golfers of all time and explore the latest golf trends in the game of golf. Get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf, your source for all things golf. Let's dive in. All right, welcome everybody, welcome. Uh, I'm Tim McElvano with my co-host Sean Klotz here. Hey golfers, how you doing? So um, we're going to dive into a few questions. We're going to kind of introduce ourselves. So, uh, Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Hey, Tim. Uh, first of all, thanks for this opportunity. Really look forward to working with you. Um, I know we've been friends and, and workers for, you know, 15 years, which is great in the uh, Tampa area. Uh, basically, born and raised in Massachusetts. Uh, went to school at University of Tampa, played college golf there for four years. Um, and then, lucky enough, kind of like yourself, to turn your hobby into your passion. You know, and, and basically been a PGA member since 2003, worked at various clubs throughout the Tampa area, um, and realized as I work as a head pro and general manager that basically part of my passion for the game is to teach and to get people uh, better. That, that look that you get when, when you do improve somebody, yeah. um, when they click, you know, you, you know mm-hmm. it too. Um, <clears throat> it's just... Uh, it's kind of exhilarating. Um, I've got three daughters. Um, they only one of them play golf, <clears throat> but uh, it's been such a great game to generation to generation. My dad was a, a terrible golfer, but <laughs> one of the best guys I've ever known in my life. Yeah. <clears throat> and my brother is a uh, PGA member as well, so it's just been a family game. Gotcha. And then the uh, just the ability to kind of pass it on now at this point, you know, mm-hmm. just ready to sort of do the next thing and the podcast is a great forum for that great great and you've also got a uh, uh a one-stop golf club that you're also running as well a, a indoor studio is that correct yeah yeah so it's a really cool feature it's basically um, a private hitting bay mm-hmm. um, your monthly membership to it and uh, you can get more information on that on onestopgolfshopfl.com but um, yeah, it's it's a nice way to be able to have access to TrackMan, twenty thousand dollar machine, yeah. same machine that the guys and girls are using on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to have like a private hitting facility uh, where it's a it's a monthly membership has been great way to introduce people in Pasco County to virtual golf and also being able to just work on their own game and right. you know we've both seen it on our own game how much it helps us absolutely a lot of data on that uh, when, yeah. when you get in there yeah so what's your story what have you been doing um, so i'm a uh, i'm a florida resident <coughs> i've lived here all my life born and raised uh went to zebra Hills high so i'm a, a local uh, local guy uh went to uh, university of south florida graduated from there uh didn't play any college golf i played uh, college baseball i was a baseball guy that converted over to golf um, as a young man, I uh, got introduced uh, to golf at a very young age, uh, about five years old. My grandfather would take me out to the driving range and hit balls. Had a passion for it, love for it, just like you. Um, and uh, decided uh, once I graduated college, uh, talked with you and uh, one of your fellow associates, uh, Sean Van Patten, um, and um, kind of thought uh, this might be a path for me. So I've been a uh, 
PGA professional now since uh, November of 2020. Nice. Uh, really enjoy teaching. Uh, love working with uh, new students. Uh, love that feeling when they hit the ball the first time. That that feeling you tell it goes straight to their heart, mm -hmm. uh, and they absolutely love it. So um, just like you, I have a real passion uh, for the game of golf and, and love teaching and love being here. Love it, so. love it. Well, I, like I said, I'm excited to do this podcast. Um, I think it's going to be something we're going to do, you know, weekly or biweekly, whatever that is. Um, and I think. It'll bring a lot of good information to people, whether Absolutely. whether they're in the Tampa area or you know hopefully throughout the country. Yeah. So and hopefully we get some questions from our from our listeners and, yeah. and we can answer those questions for them. Yeah. So, um, speaking of which, what is uh, probably the biggest uh, the first question that you usually get from a new student when they come to you? Yeah. Um, I'd say the number one question is how to be more consistent. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and, I get that a lot too. Right. We're both laughing because it's it's. Uh, it's almost like an undefinable question, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, what are you trying to improve in this 30-minute period, hour-long period, whatever that is? You know, you, it's your money. Yeah. What, right. what, you know, what do you want to improve on? And we get, well, I, I just want to be more consistent. Well, that's that's not really even an answer. Yeah, it's a very vague, <laughs> yeah. vague area, yeah. Though, right? Yeah, they think that, like, you've gotten good and I've gotten good and we're consistent by just I don't even know what they think, but they, they don't know all the hours and practice and yeah. prep that it goes into making us good golf swing, you know, have, have a good golf swing. So for consistency, I'll, I'll, let's start with that. It mm -hmm. really is, I'm going to say it kind of boils down to like ball striking yeah. and just, you know, when, when we play and, and as we, as we do these, it's not all about us. We're, we're obviously very good golfers, but um, we don't worry about the ball getting up in the air. Let's put it that way. Let's Correct. just go with the basic part of yeah. it, like, like an iron shot. We don't worry about hitting off of a tee and knowing that it's going to go up in the air and it's going to go somewhere. That's not even in our ballpark. But there are a lot of golfers, especially even, you know, you know this too, from the COVID experience, yes. a lot of new golfers mm -hmm. who have just kind of come to the game because it's outside and they didn't have to worry about it and they, their, their work schedule changed, right? A lot of things changed in that during yeah, those three years. Yeah, a lot of people years. are working at home now. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, when we talk about ball striking and getting the ball up in the air, it really is, uh, I think that's to me, the consistency, like just knowing kind of the bottom of your swing, yeah. you know, and as we do these, we're going to start getting into some terms that maybe you don't understand, but that's our job to sort of, you know, explain them. Yeah. Define them for them. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, in track man world, I'll go with that. Um, bottom of the swing is, is measured in attack angle and low point. Mm -hmm. And again, those, those terms are not familiar to a lot of players but for again you and me back in the day it was just can we hit the ball first yeah and the ground after correct right correct um the player who doesn't do that is the player that comes to see us hopefully because they need help with that because yes. they hit the ground first yes so um what would you tell somebody who when they come to you and and you're kind of seeing them you know either hit the ground first which is usually fat but you know, can also lead to a thin shot. Like, what's one of your big things that you would do for trying to get them to um, find that bottom of the swing? We'll call it. So, a, a drill that I usually use uh, quite a bit is I will place a tee uh, out in front of the ball, probably about uh, three to four inches in front of the ball, and I try to get them to focus on getting down uh, to that ball and getting that tee out of the ground, nice. uh, which will kind of help uh, get that attack angle more of a, a you know negative, more down what we're looking for. Um, also, another drill that I'll kind of work on is is get them on the impact bag. Okay. Uh, really feel like um, what impact's going to feel like getting their hands ahead of the uh, club head. 
uh, and really making sure that they really feel that that downward motion that we need to have to get that ball to really go up yeah. is what we need to have. Yeah, I think, um, again, uh, the cool part of this is I'm 52 years old. Mm -hmm. You're 47. 47, okay, yeah. 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 So, so we've got kind of a good fusion of old school and new school technology with us, right? Correct. So when you talk about impact bag, that's been a training tool that's been around for probably 30 years. Ben Hogan. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think Gary Wyron um, is actually the inventor of that, and he's been an, he's an old school traditional like lesson guy. Okay. Did did a lot of um, training tools. If you ever look him up. Okay. So. Um, but back, in, like you just said, Ben Hogan was probably using a pillowcase and some socks just yeah. to kind of get that feel. And mm -hmm. then Gary Wyron saw that, that Hogan was doing that and Sam Snead was doing that. Like, oh, maybe let's just turn it into a training tool. Um, so when you talk about the T in front of the ball thing, mm -hmm. and I talk about 2023, which is attack angle and low point on track, man. Yeah. You know, that's kind of that fusion of, hey, these golfers have been doing this for 100 years. Yeah. Bobby Jones knew what his impact angle for you younger listeners, Bobby Jones was a ridiculously good player back <laughs> in 1927, won the Grand Slam, look it up you young kids. Um, anyways, but uh, he actually retired as an amateur, which is how good he was. At 31, he, I yeah, believe yeah. it was, I mean, amazing, Yeah, amazing he's like, I, I figured this out, I mastered this, let me go become a lawyer uh, in Georgia. A lawyer, yeah, yeah, and then go build Augusta. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyways, but uh, yeah, so, for me, when I get the player in there, um, and again, this is one of those things that happens when you talk to people who, who, who want lessons, right? Yeah. They almost don't know where to start, which is why they're coming to us in the first place. Um, it, it's actually, there's so many golfers that don't come to us because they think they can figure it out on themselves. Correct. And as far as I know, when I watched the Ryder Cup last week or any golf tournament, you still see the professional have a coach with them on the range. And usually with either a track man or a GC quad right next to him yep. as well. Getting so. numbers. Absolutely. Getting numbers, yeah. So if the best players in the world, and it doesn't matter what sport, football, baseball, golf, they all have coaching. Yeah. So why would we think that the 15 handicapper on the local municipal around us doesn't need help? I don't know. So different different podcasts. Correct. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get, get into that. But, Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as some people kind of do, um, they do need to kind of, you know, look for help. And I, I think uh, one of the issues that people fall into and a trap they fall into is the YouTube thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I get a lot of my students, uh, you know, I saw this on YouTube. I, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to deconstruct more stuff out of YouTube uh, than actually using anything that comes out of YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, when people get into YouTube, they, they really think that it's um, something for them and they, they go down a rabbit hole that has nothing to do with their swing or anything like that. Um, and before you know it, then we have a real problem on our <laughs> hands. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that kind of uh, deters people from coming and getting a lesson yeah. uh, is they, they think, well, I'll just do it for free on YouTube and, and figure it out on my own. Um, and it just, you know, for them, it just seems like it's a cycle of years of trying to go through this before they find a, an instructor that, you know, gives them the right answers. And, um, I, I, you know, if I had my way yeah. with a student, um, it, it, again, you got to kind of evaluate the student and see what their what their thing is. But uh, in the compression realm, just talking about how to compress the ball, yeah, I would, if I had my way, I would start every single new golfer chipping and not full swing. I agree with that completely. You know? Yeah. But 
they're such that they want to hit the driver already, and you got to tone them down and be like, "Hey, easy. That's a whole different. That's a whole different deal." Yeah, they always want to go to the driver yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why that is, but they always want to seem to go to the driver. Yeah, but it's fun. It's sexy. It's the furthest one, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the it one we the like to hit the most. Road, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, but so. you know, the big thing is, 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 at least with compression, to that, to your point, is that the hand path is going to be much more relevant with the chipping motion yeah. than it is the driver right yeah. when we get our get to the driver everybody's hands get far away and then you know, yeah. compression doesn't really happen yeah and, and even the you know veteran player or the player who's played a long time they'll come into us and they can't chip either right there's people that have trouble chipping who've been playing for 20 years yeah. and predominantly it's because their weights on their again in this podcast we're probably going to use left and right yeah instead instead of lead and trail and all that type of stuff like um you want to try to make it uh, so lefties suck it up. Sorry, you're just gonna have to hear. You're it. gonna have to <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. Re- reverse it. I know that we're yeah. alienating 20% of the population, <laughs> but um, for the most of most of it. But but to hit down into a golf ball to have your hands forward with a chipping motion, so your weights on your front side, your left side at right. impact. It, it's so evident in a 60 degree club or a 56 degree club mm-hmm. and it just gives them the idea that to get the ball to go up in the air yep. you've got to hit down into it yeah and that doesn't matter if it's a seven iron from 150 mm-hmm. or a sand wedge from 25 yards absolutely it's the same process yeah the, the physics are still the same yeah right so to me when you can get the golfer and, and get him to start with chipping motions you know probably 56 the sand wedge sorry mm-hmm. again kind of sometimes yeah. we say terms that we know automatically want to make sure we explain them to yeah, all the golfers yeah yeah but but sand wedges are typically 56 degrees um that process of taking that club halfway back you know now we start start getting some of the micro parts of mm-hmm. this right like, yeah hey, absolutely feet close together uh lean the weight on the front side left side halfway back and and get to a good follow through correct even on the 20 yard shots a, a balanced finish right yeah yeah right? yep. yep. so. so i think that's if you can start them from there if they're patient enough i'll say it that way right True. yeah because we're patient because we want them to get good because we want them to tell the next person how good of a teacher we are no, absolutely. <laughs> a little bit absolutely, you know yeah. <laughs> all cards on the table Kind of, but we've gone you know, through this process. Yeah. You know, this is what we've done. You know, as little kids, this is how we started out. We know that this is this is the training way, and it's tough yeah. when you've got somebody who's forty or fifty to say, "Hey, you got to start back to where we were in the beginning." Mm-hmm. They want to go full out. Yeah. You know, and, so. and even even to that point, like we'll get the good player in there, right? We'll get the three or four handicapper in there, who is starting to struggle with some ball striking stuff, and they should probably go back to small swings, half speed. Absolutely. Uh, compressing the ball, hitting down into it, you know, getting back to the basics, which again, go into other sports. Uh, I'm going to use maybe like an outdated reference, but Shaquille O'Neal on the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Terrible free throw shooter. Yeah. But his fundamentals were also terrible. Correct. Right? Reggie Miller, unbelievable free throw shooter. Steph Curry, unbelievable free throw shooter. But that's how you would teach shooting a free throw correct right correct. baseball pitchers that, with good fundamentals and mm-hmm. good balance and all the stuff we're talking about so when we're talking about compressing a golf ball with an iron and i think it's specific to say it is mostly with irons yes. when we get to hybrids it's still the same in my mind i'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly. yeah it's it's still the same right? we, we still got to take a little bit of a divot yeah still you know, it's on the ground. It. yep the the only club that we really don't try to compress i mean oh sorry i shouldn't say compress that we don't try to hit down on is the driver 
Correct. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. yeah. Both in agreement there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the only one on a tee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so as we're talking about compressing, hitting down into a golf ball, um, weight shift and and moving forward into the front side yes. is pretty paramount. Yeah. Pretty key. And to be honest with you, on the TrackMan data, you can see that when you see the. Uh, the, the replays of the professionals, how much of a lateral shift they're making towards the target where yeah. a lot of us are, are not. Yeah, you yeah. Um, so uh, even pressure is a good term. So weight mm -hmm. shift and pressure to move. And you can, you know, get up in your uh, in your living room as you're listening to this. Next time you're on the range, try to do this. Yeah. Think of there's a difference between how much you move your weight. So if you're, if you're in your stance, you're in your setup, and you're going to move your weight to your right side, you're literally going to move your body mass Correct. So it finishes over your right foot. There's a difference between weight and pressure. Yes. Right. If you can move the pressure from your left foot to your right foot, you don't have to move your entire body mass to Correct. the right side. Yep. And it works on the way through. So if you do it on the way through, you're just trying to lean back into that front side yep. and, and, and start that process which then pulls your hands and then rotates you. all the other things happen from that all the good things start to happen right yeah there, right? yeah the whole chain of reactions yeah but i i think as we you know talk about these things the big mistake is that people start the downswing with their hands yes and their arms because they're trying to lift it yes you know and, and i don't want to be specific to ladies but again ladies are taught by men typically which is sometimes bad yes I agree with <laughs> because that. they get the advice from the husband or whatever yeah, or the, the guy on the range or something exactly yeah. right yeah so when they try to lift it now their pressure has moved from the top of the backswing it's actually moved further onto their right foot yeah and that's just a death it's a killer yeah for, for golfers so um I think, you know, in general sense, the compression part is just... Uh, and what do you typically get when you when you have that weight on the backside? What does the golfer typically get? What's the shot that typically yeah. happens? I mean, they can do both, right? Uh, you, you know, fat is the biggest one where, it, where they, they ground out early. Mm -hmm. So again, TrackMan World, that's measured in low point, a low point number if, you're, if your bottom of your swing is, at the, uh, is behind the ball, yeah. you're going to tend to hit it heavy. Mm -hmm. Now... The other miss on that is you're bottoming the swing out before the ball, mm -hmm. and then you your body literally works upwards, and now the bottom of the club's hitting the top of the ball, and you're topping it, or, or hitting it thin. Yeah, hitting yeah. that little hosel rocket, yeah. or whatever yeah, it is, exactly. a worm burner, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. so that's that's why it's really uh, paramount to get that compression down. Yeah, I got one more thing. I know we're trying to wrap up here. I just want to make sure we keep everybody uh, going, but, but one more little thing, uh, had the pleasure the uh, luxury to go to Augusta probably nine times in my career oh, wow. and it's mostly practice rounds it's, all, it's actually all been practice rounds but I'm going to go back to roughly 2002 or something like that I saw VJ Singh mm -hmm. working in the practice area right there's a range obviously beautiful range he's in the bunker he's in a, like a fairway bunker at Augusta okay. for probably an hour wow and all he's working on is bottom of the swing right that's a great way for the average golfer to find the bottom of their swing is to go into a bad lie or a fairy bunker if you can mm -hmm. and just if you can get ball first divot after which you don't really want to divot even in that scenario mm -hmm. but if you can get ball first you're going to get the ball to come out of the bunker pretty easily wow. so great it, tip yeah great drill right there yeah great it, way to kind of practice right I, there i didn't know what he was doing right i'm just mm -hmm. watching him and i literally read it in golf digest which again i'm dating myself because yeah. now it's 2023 but Golf Digest is still around, but I read it probably two months later, like, hey, this is what he was working on. 
Wow. You know, wow. And, and he's top, what, top five player in the world at that point? And he's the hardest working golfer I've right. ever seen up there. Right. I mean, pounding balls all day that's, long. That's so. it. That's so, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if the if the greats of the game are doing that, then I think we should as well. Yep. Yeah. So good stuff, man. Well, good. well, um, just want to say thank you to everybody for uh, listening. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, thank you for Sean, um, my co-host. Uh, and uh, want to give a special uh, shout out to One Stop Golf Club. Uh, if you're looking for that uh, uh, destination for that uh, golf place to practice, uh, check it out, please. It's a great, great little uh, studio. Look forward to doing more of these with you, T Mac. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Probably every week uh, we're going to get to a weekly podcast, uh, but uh, bear with us and we're getting there. Thank Great, you. man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and teeing off with Swing Theory Golf. Keep swinging, keep improving, and stay tuned for more exciting episodes. This is Tim McElvain signing off. Welcome to Swing Theory Golf, the ultimate podcast for the golf enthusiast. I'm your host, Tim McElvana, PGA professional, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Sean Claudes, a seasoned PGA professional, as well as over 20 years experience in the golf industry. Join us as we delve into the world of golf, covering everything from swing tips to top-notch golf destinations. We will discuss the greatest golfers of all time and explore the latest golf trends in the game of golf. Get ready to tee off with Swing Theory Golf, your source for all things golf. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Swing Theory Golf. I'm here with my co-host Sean Klotz. Hey golfers, how are you guys doing today? So uh, today we're going to talk about the short game. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how to practice where to practice, why people don't practice, um, and just to uh, give you a good broad stroke uh, overview of the uh, short game today. So, uh, Sean, in your, uh, in your 20 years of experience uh, with the short game, and, and, and mind you, he's a very good putter, guys, um, what, is, what are some of the things that you see, especially with the putting setup, uh, that you see that people, that average golfers usually get wrong? Um, so... It's actually it's funny. He's 20 years of experience, but I've been playing since I was 13, right? So Correct. it's literally 40 years, you know, 39 years, whatever you want to call it. But I had the luxury, again, of, of growing up on a par 3 golf course. Oh, wow. You know, which I don't think – we don't find them around here too no, often. No, they, they close down pretty quick you around know? here. So kind of like a little side note, if you've got a junior golfer, if you're, if you're trying to struggle with your short game right now, play the golf course from 150 yards. Go, go tee it up at 150. I know you paid your full money to play a full golf course. But if you're working on short game, work on your short game. So that means, you know, I think I really do attest my chipping and putting abilities to the fact that I grew up chipping and putting a lot because you miss a lot of greens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it comes down to. So uh, to your question there for putting fundamentals, um, I, I think there's, there's obviously a ton we can talk about. Um, getting the right equipment is important yes you know literally finding the right um club head that looks good to you so you feel confident when you're about to make a putt mm -hmm. um i think that's probably a kind of a randomness of how people just buy putters correct you know and and there's a putter fitting 
session that we can do. There's uh, other companies that do you know more detailed putter fittings, but getting the right length of the putter, hugely important. Huge. Right? We see a lot of ladies that come in who are five foot five. They're given a putter. By their husband. husband. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Putter's 35 inches, and I use a 34 inch. You 30, 33. 33. Yeah. yeah. I'm 6'2. You're 5'8 or whatever, right? Uh, I'd uh, say probably more 5'6. Okay. Okay. Thanks, thanks for the extra. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then even now, I'm going to go like today, we never had an option with different putter grips. No. Now, now there's a ton of different putter grip options. Yeah. Um, so, the bigger grips give you the option to kind of limit your hands mm -hmm. and, and kind of slow your hands through the impact. motion. Yeah. Yep. Um, so just starting with that, I think that's important to kind of remember the, the fundamentals of, Hey, I've got to get the right piece of equipment in my hands yeah. before I can go try to execute whatever I'm trying to do. Um, from the, from the standard, just, you know, stock putting lesson, I'm going to tell the player to probably 50, 50 with their weight distribution. Gotcha. You know, stand up pretty tall, a little knee flex, kind mm -hmm. of comfortable. Um, not straight legged. We don't like anything straight. We no, don't like, there, we don't there's like, gotta be a little athletic motion yeah. in, in this game, no matter where it's at. So. Yeah. We don't like tension. Um, and again, even if you go on tour, watch tour players, there's a quite a few different varieties of how they're making a putting stroke now. Oh yeah. You know, the, the claw reverse yeah. grip, um, yeah. you know, yeah. even what do they have? The arm bar now arm basically. Bar. So yeah. A there's, of, a, there's a list of all kinds of things. That's it. A lot of different links to putters. Correct. Ricky Fowler played great this summer. Oh, played amazing during the U.S. Open yep. with that putter. I mean, yep. amazing. Uh, and Wyndham Clark won won the U.S. Open with the same putter <laughs> same that putter. he had. So exactly. Um, yeah. Something to that. Right? Yeah. So don't don't be uh, again. Don't be so tied. It doesn't have to be three four hundred dollars for a putter. Correct. But but go to your local store. You know, this is where Amazon and and eBay do, don't work. Correct. Correct. <laughs> you got to feel it. You got to have it in your hands and see it mm -hmm. instead of just buying something randomly off the uh, off the Internet. So um, stance width is usually about kind of shoulder width apart. OK. Uh, typically, um, again, you know, I, I'd say the biggest thing with stance that I see is square is good. OK. Open, meaning your left foot, your, your front foot would be kind of open is 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 a good one, too. To the target line. Yeah, right? correct. Mm -hmm. um, but we never see, I'm saying that word never, we never see a closed stance putter putt well. Correct. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Right. They just can't, you can't see the line. Yeah, your eye is, is way to the right, and you're, you're looking back to the left to see your line. So it's, it's, it's very tough to, to see it that way. Or if, if you're doing it, you're, you're doing something magical. Yeah. Uh, again, the, the only person I know in, in history, literally golf history, that putted well with a closed stance was a guy named Bobby Locke. And oh. this is back in the 50s and 60s. Um, but the majority are usually square with their stance. When we say square with their stance, what we mean by that, again, you know, through a podcast, a little challenging. But you have one line which is coming from the ball mm -hmm. to the target. Correct. Right? We call that the target line. Mm -hmm. That's how we want the putter head to stay on the target line. Traveling on that track, Essentially right. straight back, straight through. For a majority of the time, mm -hmm. if you've got a longer putt, the putter blade on the way back is gonna probably arc a little bit yeah. and then arc a little bit on the way through. But then when we want your feet to do, we want your feet to be parallel left is a term that we talk about in full swing and in putting. Yeah. We want them to be uh, horizontally parallel left of that target line. Gotcha. So you, you set up those railroad tracks that, mm -hmm. that my coach talked about when 
1984, you know. I think they're in pretty much every, uh, you know, golf book there is, you know, get your feet and get your body, you know, set up to the train tracks going down the target line for sure. Absolutely. And then uh, full swing and putting, but mostly we'll stick with putting. A fault that we see with players is they might have their feet square, but then their hips or shoulders are offline. Correct. Right. So everything starts from ground up, whether we teach full swing or putting. Mm -hmm. So if you've got your feet square then your hips should be square and then your shoulders should be square too you know so it's all lined up all parallel left everything stacks on top of each yeah. other nice and evenly. yeah yep. right? so. um grip i i think grip uh how, how to place your hands on the club mm-hmm. again pretty generic right now like there's a lot of different ones yeah. that people have um so I don't want to be so specific to say, hey, your left hand should be on the top of the club and your right hand should be underneath the club. It is still probably the con- most conventional grip you'll see of any player, just a standard you know, left hand on top, right hand underneath. Mm-hmm. Some type of connection with your fingers. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I usually like to feel the pressure in my thumbs, the tip okay. of my thumb. So in, yeah. and, and that's just me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure everybody's got a different pressure point on their hands but for me i like to feel it just right in the the center of my thumb okay yeah so so i was i'm gonna say the word taught but but Mm. i was taught from a young age to do a reverse overlap grip okay which uh i think you know for this this purpose it might be best literally to go i know we've already (laughs) bad mouthed youtube sometimes but go youtube what reverse overlap grip would look like on a putter yeah um to describe it here essentially you're, you're essentially taking your uh, front forefinger, your left forefinger, and you're wrapping it alongside your four fingers of your right hand. So both thumbs go on the shaft like you're talking about, yeah. right? Because that's an important contact point yep. for your yeah. thumbs to be on the, on the grip, mm-hmm. straight on the grip. And then that reverse overlap just allows that left forefinger to rest alongside your right fingers. Um, the reason why... I'd say I'd say this way, T Mac. The reason why you don't have the same grip with a full swing club mm-hmm. as you do with a putter, you got two different objects. You got two different objectives. Absolutely. Right. One's control and one's distance. Yep. Right. Yep. So if we can, you know, quote unquote, lock our hands together somehow, some way. Sometimes people like just the. Um, reverse grip which is the left hand is low yeah right kind of locks that left hand yep. in place for yep. him. Left keep that hand face low. square yep um it, again you got to find out what works for you mm-hmm. and if it's not working switch right right <laughs> don't be so locked in literally locked in um yeah but so so i think those are the 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 important things and then the pressure in your hands is what you kind of touched on i think with the with the uh thumbs yeah right um so do you feel like how does that help you, like, roll the putt, we'll call it, or use it the just, face? You know, when I feel it in the thumbs, it just gives me more of the feedback that I kind of need for, um, you know, where my start direction is, uh, what my pace is doing. Uh, it just gives me a great feel. Um, I read it years ago uh, in, in Tiger's book, How I Play Golf, uh, and he said that, um, and I think he, he said that uh, the most sensitive part of the hand is the, that center part of the thumb. So we always wanted to feel it. And I, I said, well, you know, if it works enough for the uh, world's number one golfer, I say we, uh, we try it. Yeah. So, yeah, so. that's good. Um, yeah, we can get into putting and other, you know, other podcasts. We just wanted to give the audience basically like that general overview. Yeah. Get the correct club in your hand mm-hmm. at the right length yes. with the right grip. Um, set up 
I like your term, athletically. Yes. Uh, make sure it's square. Um, ball position, real quick. Yeah. Ball position. Where would you put the ball in it for a putter? Where would they? Yeah. Where would they kind of put that? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the question, or kind of reverse the question a little mm -hmm. bit. Is basically, um, would you would you try to when you're putting correctly, do you want the ball to roll on top of the ground, or do you want it to go up in the air? Personally, for me, I want it to roll uh, as soon as possible. I want to get that thing as soon as possible for. Uh, so for me, um, you know, basically I'm going to have that ball up in my stance, yep. uh, probably this. about one or two balls off my left heel. Correct. Um, yep. And um, I'm going to make sure that I try to put just a little bit of a forward press to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, yep. offset a little bit of that. But uh, really just my big thing is, uh, one, start line, making sure I get my start line correct, uh, and then making sure I just get that thing rolling end over end as, as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah, you touched on, again, five great points right there, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, the fact that we'll see players who have the ball position in the middle of their stance or back, mm -hmm. we just know that that's a descending blow. Correct. And now you're descending. We just talked, you know, other podcasts, we just discussed descending blow with irons. Mm -hmm. That gets the ball up in the air. Yeah. So you don't necessarily notice it with a putter because you're not, you don't, you're putting it three miles an hour, mm -hmm. right? That's not a 70 mile an hour speed type of thing. Correct. So, when you have the ball position forward in your stance, that's going to allow the club head to get to the bottom of the swing arc, just yep. like in a full swing. And now you're literally swinging upwards a little bit, which allows the bottom of the face to hit the top of the ball. And that's what's making it roll end, end over, over end. end. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's really a key thing. And I think that's a great way to sort of end the putting you know, uh, the intro to putting, we'll call it Great. podcast. Great. So, so uh, once again, I want to say thank you. Um, if you guys have any questions, please let us know. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, bringing you more content. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and teeing off with Swing Theory Golf. Keep swinging, keep improving, and stay tuned for more exciting episodes. This is Tim McElvin signing off.